the giant thinkers giant thinkers podcast hey guys welcome to the show I'm Ram Castillo, and in this podcast, I'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers, creatives, and giant thinkers. Hello to all you incredible listeners, and welcome to the Giant Thinkers podcast. I'm Ram Castillo, and we are pumping out episode number 17 to your eardrums right now. I hope you're having a sensational first quarter to 2016. Uh, I've actually just returned from an intense three-week trip to the stunning island of Barokai in the Philippines, where I've been churning out a ton of exciting content for the year ahead, including my next book on how to get a mentor. I can't wait to share it with you all as it unfolds. So please make sure you're subscribed to my mailing list on giantthinkers.com. Now, our guest on this session is a well-known expert in the field of virtual business management. His business, Virtual Staff Finder, allows his clients worldwide to experience more time, productivity, and freedom through the benefits of having a virtual assistant. His best-selling book, Virtual Freedom, How to Work with Virtual Staff to Buy More Time, Become More Productive, and Build Your Dream Business, is the result of over a decade in the outsourcing industry and working with thousands of entrepreneurs on their virtual team building strategies. He is also the creator of Upreneur, the entrepreneurial community where nobody gets left behind. It provides support, accountability, training, knowledge, and relationships that allow his clients and their businesses to thrive. Some of the topics we chat about include renting out an entire IMAX cinema to treat 450 of his staff to the screening of Star Wars, delegating his work and hiring eight people to cover the work he was doing, building a community around yourself and your brand, his annual mastermind conference for entrepreneurs called Tropical Think Tank and owning your presence in the online space. He is without a doubt an incredibly productive entrepreneur, one who has been able to structure his business and life to enjoy more freedom and someone we can all learn from to benefit our own working lives. Before we dive into that, I'd like to introduce you to an app that for me has set the standard for mobile photography. If you're looking for something more than your Apple camera that's easy to use, intuitive, and more importantly, that give you better pictures that are super simple to edit, an app you can jump right into without ever opening a manual is Pro Camera. To date, it's had a four and a half out of five star rating from over 800 reviews on the App Store. The New York Times says the high-end crowd swears by it. National Geographic chose it as one of eight must-have travel apps. Forbes selected it as one of the best iPhone camera apps in 2014 and said it provides nearly any camera feature you could need and shoots HD video. The thing I love most about Pro Camera is that it allows you to go beyond the limits of the iPhone hardware such as their Vivid HDR feature with wider dynamic range than iPhone's default app. And Low Light Plus has hooked me in as it's a feature to capture photos in low light, which hasn't been possible in the past. I've personally had a ton of photos wasted because the lighting was absolutely shocking. 
So I really encourage you to check this out, guys. It's fast, simple, professional. Photo Camera is a photo, video, and editing studio with state-of-the-art technology. Check it out by heading to giantthinkers.com slash pro camera. It's priced at $4.99 USD with in-app purchases from about $1 to $3. It will honestly pay itself off for you and raise the game in your mobile photography. Once again, download it at giantthinkers.com slash pro camera. Now for the juice of this episode, I present to you the virtual CEO himself, Mr. Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker, it's a privilege to have you on the show, mate. The listeners are in for a roller coaster of a good time. Welcome to the Giant Thinkers podcast. Thank you very much. It's the privilege and the honor is all mine for being here. Thank you. Cheers, Chris. So look, the first question I have is usually an icebreaker question. Your one is, do you have any phobias? Oh God. Um, phobias, phobias, phobias. <laughs> um, no, not really. Uh, I mean, oh no, I do. I definitely do. Paranormal stuff, ghosts. Don't want to get involved with that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't like the idea of ghosts visiting me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a real, that's, that's a good one. I, um, funnily enough, I've, mine's not too uncommon at all. It's heights. So I, I can't stand, right. yeah, I can't stand heights. So there's a little tidbit for, uh, for the audience there. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more than happy for heights. I don't, I don't mind, like, if I'm staying at hotels, and I want to be as high as I can be because of all the views and all the rest of it. But yeah, I don't want to deal with anything to do with ghosts. Yeah. Don't, that scares the bejesus out of me. Fair enough. Yeah, no, that's a good one. <laughs> so look, for all those who um, haven't heard of you, um, uh, where have you all been, first of all? But uh, I'd love for you to tell us who was Chris Ducker as a child? Um, he was a, uh, a Spider-Man fan. Mm. He was a Star Wars fan, still is a very big Star Wars fan. Um, and he was uh, uh, just, a, just a hardworking boy, you know, uh, who, who just sort of um, did, did what he needed to do to, to, to do well at school and make his mum happy, you know. And was this... UK was it? You grew up there, or back in London? Back in London in the UK, Wimbledon actually, ah. um, right, literally ten fifteen minutes away from Centre Court there in Wimbledon for the tennis. And uh, I, um, you know, I, actually, I I did well in school. You know, I I worked I worked hard to get you know through the grades and everything that I needed to get to to be able to attend university. And then I quit in the first year. Um, and my father didn't talk to me for like three months almost, hmm. uh, cause he was very upset with me. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I was, you know, I was, um, I just decided that I was done with the whole education thing that I figured that I could get out there and make money. And that's exactly what I did. I got into the sales game and, uh, there you go. The rest is history as they say. Yeah. So you didn't actually pursue tertiary education, after high school, or you just kind of work straight into the corporate corporate world. Well, we were I, so I went from high school. I did my A levels, which is kind of yep. higher education, as we would call it in the UK. The the Aussie and the UK um, education systems are quite similar, but yeah, I mean, you've got to do your A levels to be able to get into uni. So I did my A levels, um, barely got through by the skin of my teeth, 
And, uh, you know, that was around, funnily enough, that's around the same time that you really discover girls. Um, <laughs> and that was, that was screw up your studies, I can tell you. So, yeah, so it, it really, um, it really just sort of, yeah. um, it happened. And like I said, I, I was already working part time, uh, as a telesales guy, uh, for a publishing company and I was making, I was making like a thousand pound a month and I wasn't even trying, wasn't even trying. And so I figured, well, what can I do full time? You know, and so I, I quit. I quit universally um, and uh, went full time at the publishing company. Yeah, okay, that's really interesting. I um I think that's a big piece of the puzzle to to um you know sort of finding um your way to what we know now of you. So um, where would you say your expertise lies? I think it is in sales. I think it's in sales and marketing. Um, I think that uh, you know it's. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the days, there was a movie called Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Um, and there's a scene in that film and it has Pacino and, and mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Spacey and a, a, a real ensemble cast, incredible movie. And if you're in the sales game, everyone's seen that film. Uh, but there's a scene in that movie where they're in the office and, and um, the manager who's played by Kevin Spacey is giving a bit of a talk to his uh to his his team before this kind of big sales expert comes in and is played by Alec Baldwin. He really kicks their butts. Um, but there's a sign in the background that's been printed out and it says, salesmen are born, not made. Hmm. Now, anybody that teaches sales will disagree with that statement, obviously, but I don't. I think it's very true. I think hardcore, true blue salespeople truly are born. They're not made. And I believe that I was uh, I was born uh, a natural sales and marketing guy. So that is definitely where my expertise lies. Yeah, unreal. So um, which area of, um, just so the audience, um, because there, there will be a lot of people listening that are in the marketing area um, and in sales potentially, um, and then of course, um, many emerging and established designers and creatives. And in a way, we are in um, in need of, of selling ourselves as a brand, as an entity. So which area of marketing and sales do you kind of dive deep on? Personal branding. Mm. I think that's, that's something that has... Um, and it wasn't always like that. I mean, I've done most of my sales career has been in the B2B world. Um, but over the last sort of six to seven years or so, as I've continued to build my own businesses, uh, I've done it based on my reputation, on my expertise, what I'm all about, the people I want to serve. And that's a personal brand in my book. And so, uh, you know, I blog at chrisducker.com. I podcast there. Um, you know, we have youpreneur.com, which we launched four or five months ago, which is, you know, definitely focused around building a business surrounding your brand, your expertise, and what you bring to the people you serve. So that is definitely, I think, the area that is um, something that I will continue to focus on because I believe people want to do business with other people, Ram. Mm. It's really that simple. People buy people. Once that rapport and that trust is built up, and it's much easier for a person to build up that rapport and trust and create that P2P, that people-to-people relationship that I'm such an advocate of, it's easier for individuals to do that than for brands to do that. Mm. And so I'm a big believer that the personal brand is absolutely key, especially to people like creatives, because they're ultimately selling their own work nine times out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny what just, I don't know why, but just struck into my head um, on a episode on your podcast, uh, which I'm a huge fan of and everyone should check out as well. and you had on uh, a good friend of yours, I believe um, you had 
just kind of hit it off quite quickly. She's in the PR space. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet, uh, Janet Murray. Janet Murray, that's it. And yep. one thing um, that she uses as an example, and of course, um, you know, Lewis Howes is on fire and has been for the last, you know, year, especially um, in, in terms of the social media space. But she said that an example with him being on, uh, you know, Forbes, for example, or, 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 um, or one of those really, you know, entrepreneur um, type magazines, uh, he was writing about stuff that, that a lot of people could write about, um, but he was doing it in, with his personality, with his, uh, with his style. And that's what people resonate with. They resonate with people that understand the way that, um, that they understand that you speak their language. Um, and, and I love that because I actually can sometimes personally get overwhelmed with so many personalities out there, people, you know, following so many people that there's just not enough time in the day to, to, you know, hop on someone's Periscope if they go live or hop on their Snapchat or hop on, uh, their, their podcast. Um, so I'm quite selective of the people that I really feel connect with my values and my, my sort of goals and and personality as well. And so you should be, uh, you know, we, we should all be very protective of our time because our time is our most valuable commodity. No matter what industry you're in, no matter who you're serving, uh, once you invest your time, it's gone forever. It's not like money that will come back to you. Hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, you should be very selective. Um, and I'm very proud that, uh, I happen to be on your podcast list. So thank you very much. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, it's a, it's a great pleasure. So I'm going to dive into a beautiful line in your bio, which, uh, really resonated with me. And it reads, the world had already changed the way it was doing business. And I now had finally started to follow. I think it really speaks to the dilemma that most designers and creatives face, which is having the willingness to constantly adapt, of course, due to rapid progression of new technologies, software applications. So what examples have you got where you had exercised that agility? Well, uh, how long have we got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot, mate, a lot. I mean, yeah. I really, um, I, I, I had to make major changes in the way I was running my businesses. Late 2009, I, I burned out. Um, mm. and it was, uh, you know, it was the result of me, even though at that point, I mean, we had like 130 or something people working for us at that point. Um, we were already making seven figures a year and we were doing brilliantly as a company, but I was a wreck. Mm. Um, I was working 60, 70 hours a day, pretty much every day of the week. Which company um, was this, Chris? And th- this, this was the Lift to Sell group, which I still own and operate now, mm-hmm. um, uh, but I don't run it day to day anymore. Um, but no, it became very, um, it became very apparent to me that I needed to remove myself from the business as much as physically possible, uh, because I was no longer running the business. The business was running me. And like I said, that the world has changed and it had changed a lot at that point, but I wasn't, I wasn't moving with the times. I was still that type A micromanaging entrepreneur wanting to do everything himself. So, um, you know, that's when I put that virtual CEO goal in place to become, uh, you know, a boss from a distance. Um, and I actually had, this is how bad it was, Ram. I had to hire eight people <laughs> in 2010 to remove myself from my own business. How messed up is that? 
Mm. So, you know, it just shows you how bad I was in that, that whole micromanaging deal. But uh, if I hadn't have had, see, the thing is, just like with everything else in life, you might, you make mistakes. The only, you know, the, the poor part of making mistakes is when you don't learn from them. Mm. I hate it when I see people make the same mistakes over and over and over again. It actually plain upsets me because there's no need for it. You should learn from your mistakes. And I learned from my mistakes at that time. And that's when I started to, you know, uh, think, I guess, maybe more like a CEO, even though I was calling myself a CEO for years up to that point, I really started to actually genuinely think like one. Um, And that's when I started delegating and building the team that I have now. So, so that's really interesting because what I'm hearing is, is, um, what a lot of people also feel. And it's, it's hard to kind of let go of delegating a task or something that you feel might in a way come across as, um, you know, not with the same high end quality that you feel that you're giving when you do it directly. Um, because I personally feel that as well, you know, and, uh, I've, recently just hired through your company, uh, my first, um, assistant, virtual assistant from virtual staff finder. So if anyone is interested, definitely <laughs> check that out. And, and, and let me tell you, I did not know that. So thank you for your business, but that just shows you how far removed I am from that business as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped that you use the service, uh, but I'm now a little embarrassed. I didn't know you had. <laughs> That's all right, mate. I think there's, you. I saw one of your um, Instagram um, videos where Star Wars came out and you had taken your whole staff to the cinemas and there was yeah. about 450 of them. So I don't know if that yeah. was from your company, Virtual Staff Finder or what, but... It was, was from the group, my, my group of companies. So I have group. three or four different businesses all under the same group. Ah, and okay. and is it, we're, we're up to about 450 or so now. Yeah. And being a big Star Wars fan, uh, <laughs> obviously I became very excited when I, you know, when I heard about Force Awakens and I was just waiting and waiting and waiting, just like millions of people around the world. And then when I found out, you know, the actual release dates and everything, literally the day, and I'm not joking, the day we found out the release date for the Philippines here, I had my HR uh, director <laughs> call them up and say, I want to rent the entire IMAX and I want to do it on a Saturday so the entire company can be there. And so we saw it, I think it was the 19th we ended up going to see. It was a Saturday, I believe. And um, yeah, we had 450 people there. It was so bad. <laughs> My guys were so excited <laughs> that they actually had to bring in additional security guards from oh around gosh. the mall because they were getting so rowdy. And like, <laughs> people probably thought that, you know, Madonna was coming or something. <laughs> it was kind of insane. It was in insane. the IMAX. That's cool. It, so, it was a lot of fun. So look, you've got that many staff now and that's um, quite a lot of people to manage. And, and, you know, as a CEO, what can we learn from, I guess, um, well, hold on, backtrack. You are now known as the virtual CEO and you have been for a while um, as, I, as I've been following you through, through the years. And um, it, it does have an incredibly attractive ring to it. You know, um, for me and most of the listeners, it has to do with that sense of freedom, which mm-hmm. as you kind of touched on, it really translates to having more time. You know, it's, it's time is not re- renewable. So if we unplug from the matrix a little, I'd love to know your thoughts on freedom and, and how we can get more of it. You know what? Freedom means different things to different people, doesn't it? You know, um, f- for a lot of people, freedom, it, it's finance, you know, it's got a financial connotation to it. Uh, for me, it's freedom to do what I want when I want to do it. Hmm. Ultimately, that's 
what it is. Um, and so whether it is, you know, starting a new business, whether it's traveling to a conference, whether it's taking time off in the middle of the week for a massage, whether it's spending time with my family on a Friday afternoon because I can, that's freedom. Hmm. Um, and so, but again, you know, that's my, that's my own personal view to freedom. Other people might look at it completely differently. So I think ultimately my thoughts on freedom are that, you know, whatever that is, whatever you believe freedom is for you, you have to chase it down. Mm-hmm. And you hear, you know, anybody that listens to my stuff, they'll help me say those three words all the time. Like it's, it's my hashtag, right? Chase it down. Um, and I'm not talking about the money. I'm not talking about the hustle per se. I'm not talking about freedom. I'm not talking about success. I'm talking about all of those things combined and each and every single one of them individually, because it all means something totally different. Whatever it is you want in life, you have to chase it down. Nothing is going to land in your lap. The whole idea of, oh, you need an element of luck to be successful is BS. Mm. I call a massive amount of BS on that. It doesn't, it will never ever will it come down to luck. It comes down to chasing it down. Yeah. People that say that they're going to get lucky and it's going to be great are talking BS. So with those listening, um, they are likely also wanting to start their own business or potentially they've started something on the side, but just aren't sort of building enough of a, uh, of a audience or, um, or, you know, building enough momentum to get their business seen and known. So if, if they've got all those qualities that you've mentioned, what is it that they can do from the get go that, you know, them and, and, and myself included can learn from, from how you've set up your businesses? I mean, um, is it a starting, is it starting the structures and the sort of processes in place so that they are vehicles that can cater for delegation and automation and systemization? I think it's, I think it's that and more. I, mm. I think that, you know, it's, and I don't want to get sort of too blue sky and start using bloody management speaker and everything, but I mean, I think you do need to look outside the box. Damn, damn it, I did it. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think you do a little bit because mm. it's more than just processes, right? It's more than just figuring out pricing for your services or your products or whatever. I think it also comes down actually a little deeper to, than that. I think you need to really ultimately um, figure out who you want to serve. I think that, you know, the idea that you know, people have, have been calling this, you know, the avatar, who's your avatar. You know, yeah. everyone's talking about your avatar, your listener, your reader, your customer. Whatever. It's not, look, that's nothing new. That's not, that's called a prospective customer. That's mm. what that is. Yeah. Don't give it a sexy <laughs> new name and try and make it your own thing. It's not what it's about, right? For, for since the dawn of time, business owners have been figuring out who they want to sell their stuff to before they start selling it. So, but, but at the very core of being successful in business, that is still, you know, paramount. It's absolutely paramount. You've got to figure out who you're serving and more importantly, what problem you're solving for them. That's it. That don't get delusions of grandeur. As entrepreneurs, that's all we do. We solve people's problem. And if we do it well enough, we get the chance to be able to put a price tag on it. And everybody's yeah. happy at the end of the day. 
Yeah, no, that's solid advice. I really, really like that. Um, you know, perfect example is when I started Giant Thinkers, it was so tempting to kind of expand and tackle uh, a larger audience uh, as opposed to the niche that I've, you know, stuck to my guns to, which is helping emerging designers be employed. So glad you didn't go broad. Yeah. So yeah. glad for you because it might mean that growth is a slower journey for you. But it also means that as that journey develops, the people that come along for that ride with you, uh, they're going to love you, man. They're going to love you more and more and more. And those numbers will grow naturally and more importantly with the right people following you. You will become the creative's favorite podcaster. And that's what we should all be focusing on doing, right? No matter what, uh, you know, look, no matter what niche you're serving no matter who you're creating content for. We want to become somebody's favorite. That's what we need to be doing. That's where our focus should be. Um, and I think that once that happens, and it will happen way quicker if you're serving a smaller, more niche down audience, one, once that happens, then you can truly start monetizing it. Yeah. And I just want to um, also be super transparent here. I started Giant Thinkers in, uh, my first blog post was November, 2012. So it's just clocked over to three years. And it has been, as you've exactly pointed out there, Chris, very slow growth in terms of, um, you know, slow progress at first, but now it's starting to build a bit more, bit more traction quicker than the first, you know, three years, um, uh, two, two and a half to three year mark. It's been really um, moving quite quickly, and um, that's seen through the communities. Yeah, and it's and it, it's it's funny though because um, I have had to rely on organic um, reach because you know it's so black and white. It's this is what I this is what you'll get from GiantThinkers.com uh, from from the content from my um, brand from my feed and. Um, and I just want everyone to know that, and I'm so glad that it came from you as well, that it it will take time and, and it's not about trying to convince everyone. It's in fact, choosing who you, who you best can serve and defining them and, um, you know, coming from a place of credibility because you've lived it. Right. Um, and I think, you know, and, and here's the thing, here's the thing. When you decide to create your own course, when you decide, I'm not talking about you specifically, but when mm -hmm. people in this position decide to, when you decide to create your own course, when you decide to launch your first book, when you decide to offer yourself and your expertise as a coach to people that have naturally grown with you on that journey, it will be a much, much easier sale to make than it would do if you were to go in cold with them, obviously. Yeah, love that. So um, continuing on with this theme of action, uh, there's one particular video that you delivered at the end of 2012 that um, has always stuck in my head uh, and it's on your website actually, but it was about three lists to freedom, mm -hmm. um, literally writing these lists. And, and I loved how it forced me to write down some key reflections that turned into actions. Um, those three were write things you hate doing, write things you can't do yourself, and write things you shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. Can you share to us a bit 
about this this sort of um, activity? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, this was what I did at the end of 2009 after that burnout. And I didn't realize I was doing the exercise at the time, right? Mm. But, um, and it didn't have a sexy title, like the three list of freedom. Like that right there should be a film, you know what I mean? Uh, totally. Uh, <laughs> if, anybody wants, if anybody's tuning in that wants the movie rights, contact me. Hire but the no, IMAX I, again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, I mean, this is what I did. I was, I was doing this brain dump throughout the course of a weekend when me and my wife checked into a resort. And by the end of the, you know, the weekend, I had all these notes of, of things that I had, you know, put down that I, had, I hate doing, I couldn't do, and I was pretending I could do, and I was struggling. And things I felt that as the CEO that I was apparently claiming to be, that I shouldn't actually be doing. Um, and so once, once I sort of started grouping all the, all these things together, I noticed them slipping into these three different kind of columns, so to speak. Uh, but by far the most important one is, is the last one is things you shouldn't be doing. That's where the business owners that, you know, are struggling. Um, this is where that micromanagement comes into play. They might like doing these things. They might actually be really good at doing these things, but you know, the question you need to ask yourself is, should you be doing them? Yeah. Um, from a designer's perspective for your audience to try and touch base with them in a, in a way that they can truly appreciate and understand, um, you know, you might be incredible inside of Photoshop uh, and you might be running a very successful design agency downtown Sydney or in London or New York or wherever. But if you personally are putting together the ad campaigns, the billboards, the flyers, the, you know, whatever it is you're designing for your clients. If you are personally having to do that stuff, you will never be able to grow your business mm. to the rate that it should be grown at if you're a successful company. And the reason why is because you are the bottleneck of that business. It stops with you. It begins and stops with you. So you've got to broaden your horizons a little bit. Should I be designing business cards. No, <laughs> I can go to a junior designer, not me. What do I do? Well, I work with agencies to create huge print ad campaigns that, is, that are going to sit in Cosmopolitan magazine or in, you know, on, on a banner at the X Games or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm. this is what I should be doing. I shouldn't be designing freaking letterheads. You know, yeah. So that's you know, for me, that's that's that bigger mindset shift that a lot of people, a lot of solopreneurs, and that's what you know, designers, editors, any kind of creative folk are. That's what they are. They're solopreneurs deep down inside, and they've got to get out of that mindset of having to do everything themselves and focus in on if they want to grow their business uh, to to bring other people on board and help them with other things. Yeah, mate, that is some fantastic advice. It actually reminded me of a recent, uh, 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 I think it was a Snapchat one that you did where um, you spoke about repurposing your content. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, it's a, an idea that I feel that is underutilized in that, let's say there are designers listening who have a blog post, they can totally repurpose that, um, that, information turning that post into um as you sort of mentioned as well the info an infographic or turn it into a video or turn a video into a blog post and vice versa um so many different um ways of repurposing um you know your initial content um and 
you know, I get a lot of people saying to me, oh, Ram, you're all over social media. How do you do it? Well, thing is, I actually um, create content and see how much I can flesh it out. Exactly that. So, um, and then if required, um, I may hire a freelancer to um, roll out based on my initial sort of uh, sort of uh, idea or template, whatever it is, to or, or just give them reference styles, and they might um, go ahead and, and do um, sort of the photoshopping while I continue to create the ideas, which mm. is the most um, valuable of, of them all. And that, at the end of the day, that's what your clients are paying for. They're not, they're not necessarily paying for your design skills. They're paying for your design mind. Mm. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of designers don't probably realize until much later on in their career. Um, and they're doing themselves a, a bit of a disjustice in, in, in that case. I mean, it's, it's like when people hire me as a coach, and I do very, very little one-on-one -on -one coaching nowadays because of youpreneur. But I mean, when I do... Uh, handle one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's usually to the tune of about $2,000 an hour. Mm. And people think they're buying my time. I don't want people to buy my time. Yes, I value my time, which is why I put a big dollar amount on it. But I want them to believe that they're hiring me because of my expertise and how I can further their career rather than just paying for my time. I mean, if you want to have a chat with me, then meet me at a conference. But if you want me to truly help you, then you need to obviously pay for my expertise and I'll deliver it. I always deliver. Yeah, they're, they're buying your, your, um, your uh, offering of a result, a, an outcome. Yes, yes. Sure, love that. Um, so I'd love to talk to you now about, um, you know, going along this whole thing about designers being more than just designers and thinking, more, you know, that they're not just visual crafters, but they're also problem solvers mm. and they've had this great ability to do more. Um, from a business point of view, um, how do you think designers and creative people can capitalize on their knowledge? Well, I think that, you know, at the, at the end of the day, probably one of the easiest ways to do it is obviously to, you know, to be able to produce services mm. for clients. Um, but I think that's that, that that's very low level thinking of capitalizing on their knowledge, you know, providing a, a service per se, you know, once somebody has been in an industry for a while, they have more than just a skill set that people will want to tap into. They have experience. And you can't put a dollar amount on experience. Like if you're a, if you're a, a designer that's got two years experience under his belt and you're sitting next to a designer that has six or seven years experience under their belt, if you're not picking that person's brain uh, and you're talking about yourself all the time, you're doing yourself a massive disjustice, mm. massive disjustice. Because that person not only knows more about design than you probably do, but they also know more about uh, marketing. They know more about handling clients. They know more about, you know, delivering services to clients. They know more about, you know, how to handle their taxes as a designer, you know, the whole sure. kick and boodle. So I think it, you know, as, as your career unravels, things become more and more and more dense in terms of your knowledge. Um, and I think, you know, things like coaching, uh, things like, you know, producing a course for first time um, you know, freelance type creatives and that sort of type of thing. That, that kind of stuff is huge. And But this all comes after you start creating some sort of a community for yourself because you can't just build, you know, or create a launch, uh, a course or a coaching offering of some variety 
on a website and expect to make money. It doesn't work like that. This is not 1994 <laughs> on the internet anymore, right? It, it doesn't work like that at all. You've got to build the community first. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that that should be the primary importance factor of any creative person that is looking to capitalize on their knowledge going forward. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, with uh, community, that, that whole topic of community is... Uh, it's it's so important. Um, in your experience, how can we build a community around our ourselves and our and our personal brand? Any any advice you can give? Well, the easiest way to do it is to start creating content online. You know, people are clamoring mm. for knowledge online. So, a blog, a podcast, YouTube videos, Periscope sessions, Snapchat profiles. Um, you know. Anywhere where you can basically talk about what you know about Perfect. and provide, you know, resources to people through your knowledge. Uh, I'm a big believer that you must have your hub. You've got to have your online home, mm. something you control. Uh, you know, we've all heard horror stories of the YouTube marketer who's got a great YouTube following and then wakes up one day and his account's being turned off by YouTube or by somebody who's got a great Facebook page and then one day they try and log in and it's gone. Um, mm. Good friend of mine, Yarrow Starrick, who uh, I just interviewed actually for my show before chatting to you this morning, um, he was telling me how you know he had decided to build up a secondary uh, Instagram account specifically just for his blog and for his blog readers. And, you know, they worked hard for a couple of months to build it up to a certain number of followers. And then one day they tried to log in and they just couldn't log in anymore. They deleted the account. Jeez. You just don't know. So what you're fundamentally doing here is building, you know, your own property on rented land. Very bad idea for long-term business. You've got to have your hub. You've got to have your blog, your website, um, I love podcasting. I think podcasting is a medium that is just going to blow up and it's not in its infancy anymore. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, the podcasting app on, on any Apple device now is native. You can't delete it. What does that tell you? Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're putting it in cars for Christ's sake, yep. you know? So, I mean, you know, I think podcasting is a huge platform, but if you're not comfortable talking or being on camera, then at the very least, you should be creating really high quality original content to teach people on a blog. Yeah, that's really solid. I think as well, you know, a lot of people might know to start a blog or a website, but the the, the other issue I'd found from a lot of people that start, it's just like the whole, uh, I'll get fit for the new year and they'll buy right. a three month membership and then not show up after that um, is consistency. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people fall flat as well, don't they, Chris? Like they just, yep. you know, you do the, um, the regular Instagram posts. They're so consistent with your brand as well in terms of the typography, the color, the logo, the identity is clear. When I look at your stuff, it is, um, Chris Ducker, it is Upreneur and same thing with, you know, the consistency of frequency, you know, I always, um, can expect from the people that I follow, including you, that there's going to be great value. Every time I tune in, um, usually a certain time during the day or the week, um, which is great. Because the consistency is key. You know, it's uh, you know, it's like when you go in a business, and and somebody says, well, you know, my plan B is that blah blah blah. Hold up, why are you talking about plan B? If you go into plan A with plan B, plan A is going to fail. Yeah. Because you're already thinking about what happens if it if it fails, and that's the same thing with any kind of content creation. 
any kind of content marketing strategy or, or platform building strategy, um, you know, I think the consistency is gold. People mm. do not put enough emphasis and priority on doing things in a consistent basis. Mm. You ha- you know, if you're on Instagram, you want to grow an Instagram following, you have to post every day. Mm. For sure. Because when people flip through their feeds, if you're not in their feeds for a week, they could end up unfollowing you. Oh, yeah, he's not like- doing anything anymore. <laughs> Boom, forget about it. What's the point? Yeah. You know? They're thinking, who um, are you again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, every day you'll see a quote image from me mm. and you'll see some sort of a personal image from me in some variety as well. Almost every day I'll mm. put a personal image up there. But you will always see a quote image, like you said, with my branding on there. Yeah. Um, always. Same thing with Twitter. Every day I'm going to hop on Twitter 15, 20 minutes and reply to every single tweet that I get. And I get a lot. I have a mantra that is no tweet left behind. <laughs> I will reply yeah. personally to every tweet. It's my number one platform for social media. But once or twice a week, I'll also pop on the Periscope. I'll also release a blog post. I'll also release a podcast. Every Friday, mm. there's a podcast episode on Upreneur FM and has been for years. It's that consistency that you need to be able to create a community that truly is clamoring for your next piece of content. I remember one time I did about two weeks with no periscoping because mm. I was traveling. I was on a cruise ship where the, the Wi-Fi was awful. And then when I, I came I back, I was, that. I was like, where did yeah. Chris go? Right. And I was getting <laughs> tweets from people. I was getting tweets from people, literally. Why aren't you on Periscope? What, what happened at Duckerscope? What happened? Mm. I was like, relax. I'm just taking a break. You know, so <laughs> people come to expect it. They come to expect it. And you want that. You need that. That's great. Great problem to have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I never complain about it. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That I'm glad that you were so open about um, talking about that because um, I was just going to say that the other thing is that I've found is the minimum. So if your minimum is one once a day for Instagram and tweeting, then stick to it. Um, my minimum is the same, you know, I have to post at least once a day for the, for those types of platforms, but with this podcast, cause I was just starting and I had so many things cause I'm, I'm often on large contracts and that's my bread and butter. That's how I am able to fund this podcast and all my giant thinkers, um, projects. Um, the, the thing that I had to be really honest with myself was even though deep within myself, I was like, oh yeah, I can do a weekly show was that, no, no, I want to stick to a high quality show and I want high quality guests. And in order for me to do that and manage me releasing the consistent frequency of a podcast show, I had to do it at the moment at one episode every fortnight, every two weeks. And it's funny because it's kind of been working to my favor because it, they really, really look forward to the next one. And I, I, I've been getting emails and reviews yeah. and people going, you know, hurry up. I'm itching for the next one. So it's kind of, kind of good in, in that way. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really, really cool that you, you define that, um, as well on, on how you run your business. Um, yeah, now, you're, couple, doing it, yeah. you're doing it your own way. And that, that, that's key right there, right? I want to, I want to point that out. Mm. You're doing it your own way. You're not following someone else and what they're doing. Um, and that that truly is key. Like when John Lee Dumas came out with a daily podcast yeah. with Entrepreneur on Fire, everybody thought he was mental. I know. Right. And yet he's built this huge business up now, which is a multi-million dollar business on an annual basis in the matter of like three, four years. But there's also been a ton of people 
that have copied this format. They copy this questions. Mm. They even copy things like, let's go to the lightning round. What the hell are you doing? You can't say that. Mm. Only John Lee Dumas can say that. Absolutely. You know? So I love the fact that you're doing it your own way with your own vibe. And that's key. Your vibe will attract your tribe. Yeah, for sure. Totally believe that. So a couple more questions, Chris, before we finish up. Do it. Um, and a question I ask most of my guests is, um, if you could travel back in time, mate, for 30 seconds and, and speak to junior Chris, perhaps the, the youngster finishing high school, uh, what, what would you tell him? You're going to lose your hair. <laughs> Get over <laughs> it. No, um, I, 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 would say, I, I would say for them to be true to themselves and not hide behind uh, smoke and mirrors. Uh, you know, that for me, when I first got active online, I wasn't the real Chris. Mm. I was doing my best to try and create content that could serve people, but I was hiding behind, not necessarily another persona, but I wasn't me. Uh, but in the middle of 2012, where I really decided to launch my personal brand properly, I said, I'm going to be me all the time, all the time. What you see is what you're going to get. And ever since I've done that, my following's gone through the roof. Opportunities have come my way. I've made more money. I've made better friends. Everything has happened. Uh, and it's been very, very positive. So just be you all the time. Don't try and be somebody else. Mate, that's really uh, serendipitous. He said that I, I posted yesterday a quote on my Instagram, which, which says something like, uh, it's only when you understand yourself that you'll find your true voice. I love and, it. And, you know, that's, that's totally on par with that. I love, I love how you've... Uh, You've said that to your your junior Chris. Um, <laughs> so, mate, um, who has been an impactful giant thinker in your life? You know, that person who has inspired you to think bigger and dig deeper in, in helping you reach your full potential? I think probably, I mean, there's been a few people that I've looked at that have really helped me along the way. But in terms of a business perspective, I think probably Sir Richard Branson mm. um, has been the person that's kind of led me to make a lot of decisions in the way that I have, um, particularly being somebody that employs as many people as I do. Um, I remember years ago, I think I was, I was reading something or I saw him in an interview or something, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but I said something along the lines of, um, and this was what Sir Richard said, he said something like, you need to train people so well that they could leave you and get another job tomorrow, but you need to treat them so well that they never want to. Oh, mate, so good. Love that. that I mean, that is a giant thinker. Yeah. That's the one thing right there is it really puts you, it puts it all into perspective from an employer perspective. Yeah. Um, and that's why I rent out IMAX screens at the ridiculous amount that they charge for the new Star Wars film. That's why everybody gets a Christmas gift from the boss hmm. every single Christmas to the tune of more than $10,000 this year I wow. spent on it. So, I mean, I'm all about making sure that I, I lead by example. And uh, my team is my most valuable asset, no doubt about it. That's awesome. Mate, um, what's next for you, all your businesses, including Youpreneur this year and beyond? It's all about Youpreneur. Uh, 2016 uh, and 2017, really. We're already planning bits and pieces for 2017. Uh, for you, It's all about Youpreneur. You know, it's, it's the mastermind community that I launched for uh, you know, solopreneur, brand building entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, you know, if you want to build a business based around you, your skills, your expertise, what you're all about, then, you know, we want Youpreneur to become the 
uh, primary source of not only training and 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 content and input, but also community. Yeah, uh, we're putting a, a big amount of effort on that community side of things. So uh, we have a couple of live events coming up this year for the, for the community, as well as obviously the public as well, uh, to continue to grow the community. Uh, and then um, I think I've got another book, 2017. I think another book is going to come my way. Unreal. So uh, I'll see how I go with that. But uh, yeah, it's really this year I've cut right back on all my speaking engagements and everything. I'm doing literally just a handful of speaking gigs this year. Very, very small amount compared to what I've done the last few years. Uh, and I'm just going to be focusing on the community and making sure that our youpreneurs just crush it in 2016 and they're already doing it it's incredible how how far so many people have come in just a few months since we launched yeah yeah um, i mean it's only just launched uh what what maybe six months ago chris is that and not even that no we launched september 1 uh and that, that was a soft launch yes one 2015 yeah 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 so it's been a few months and we're loving it yeah what can uh the listeners if if they do decide to check it out what can they expect when they're through the gates you know i um when they go through and um proceed with membership what what can they get in there what what is it uh how is it sort of structured um for them well first first up is all of our proprietary contents we've got content in there that you can't find anywhere else cool. so we have a we have a monthly expert chit chat video where I'm actually in person speaking with business building experts. Nice. All people that focus around personal brand and business development around that brand. So, um, you know, that's every month we have a, we have a process blueprint that goes live every month as well. Uh, which is really a step-by-step. It truly is a process. It's a flow. It's a a flow chart process to help people build businesses based around their personal brands. Mm. So it could be everything from, you know, launching your first online product to doing your first coaching call to getting ready for public speaking gigs, you know, whatever it may be. Um, And then, you know, we have well over 20 hours of uh, keynote archive content from the Tropical Think Tank event that I hold here in the Philippines every year as well. Yeah, I got to get on there, go visit one day. Yeah. To, to one of those. <laughs> well, you know, the easy, the easy way, the easy way to get a taste of it is to become a Youpreneur member because ah, yes. you, you get, you get everything that's in the archive plus everything in the future. So for instance, we're doing a Tropical Think Tank again for the third time, third year in a row, um, in just a couple of months from now in March. And we film everything and everything that's filmed will go inside the Youpreneur membership community Mm. for free. We don't upsell or anything like that. So that's a big part of the content every year as well. I mean, you're talking literally, I mean, (laughs) we have nine keynotes over the period of three days, uh, which all go up into the forum at once. We don't kind of drip feed them. So it'll all go up there at once. But understand these people are true blue experts in their fields. I mean, this year we've got Brian Clark from Copyblogger Media. Mm. The guy makes $10 million a year online, (laughs) right? We've got Peter Shankman, one of the most sought after social media and PR experts in New York. The guy's on TV like every day, Mm. literally. And we've got Hal Elrod from The Miracle Morning coming over. We've got Jada Selner coming over. I mean, these people crush it in their chosen niches if they were to give you an hour of their time it would be several thousand dollars per hour mm. but yet you can get it all for 599 dollars a year 
So and just yeah. to put it in perspective as well, because I think it's really important that the tropical think tank, um, as for, for the listeners, as, as Chris just mentioned, it is, it is a almost, um, couple, couple days with the best of the best. And it's a week. Um, it ends up being an entire week, an entire week. Yeah. yeah. In, in the yeah. Philippines, mind you, which is, um, in, uh, is it in Cebu, Chris? Yes. Is, yeah. Yes. So it's, it's, Beautiful location, amazing um, uh, people, and and by the way, how much is it to for a ticket? It's four thousand two hundred US dollars. Right. Yeah, yeah. Things. So it's yeah. four thousand US per person, and getting in your Upreneur uh, hub um, on online as a member will all get access to to that. In the past, you're making, and- you're making me think I should maybe increase the cost. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible! What a bargain! No, that's good. That's it's I mean, good. It's, of, it's important it's that they know, you know. So no, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. A lot of people have have suggested that we actually sell like a digital pass to Tropical Think Tank every year. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's like a, a new launch every year and as the product obviously is going into its third year yeah people know the brand they know what it's all about but honestly i just don't want to have to deal with it ram i just want to give it to the people that are committed to what i'm all about and to furthering themselves as individual business owners yeah Uh, and that's what youpreneur is all about so it will never it will never come out as a product it'll always always go inside a youpreneur yeah i just yeah it's really important for me that i i let people know um and and being completely honest with with my opinions too that um you know i i wouldn't advocate people or bring chris on the show if i didn't fully believe that he would bring value to everyone listening and um and the fact that he was even able to say yes and he's adding he's just adding me onto his schedule right now for for those listeners um he's a very busy man but look chris i i think that's incredibly generous of you because people do pay the four thousand to go to tropical think tank like that's the reality of it and they're going because they're getting as we sort of touched on before the result the outcome that they feel that they will be able to walk away with um so, mate, that's really cool. I, I appreciate you sharing about Youpreneur and what's in it. Um, and uh, I think I'll have to reconsider my uh, my situation and getting in on that as well. So <laughs> <laughs> We need to do it soon because we're going to increase the cost a well, little bit soon. So, there you uh, go. Yeah. But don't worry. I'll, I'll hook you up. You're fine. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Um, mate, so how can listeners get in touch with you online? It's all about chrisducker.com. You know, I practice what I preach. That's my hub. That's my home. Uh, the blog, the podcast, Youpreneur, everything is over at chrisducker.com. So if anybody's interested in hanging out, uh, that's where they need to go. Fantastic. And uh, I think it's at chrisducker on your Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else, Periscope yes, as well. Yes, correct. Absolutely. Um, fantastic. Chris, thank you so much for spending your precious time with us here on the Giant Thinkers podcast. You were dropping knowledge bombs everywhere and I truly appreciate your generosity and openness. All the best for this year and beyond. It was all my pleasure, mate. Same to you.
All right, Giants, thank you again for tuning in. It was an absolute treat featuring Chris Ducker on the show and listening to him share his stories so transparently and generously. The next guest is a household name in the creative community and someone whose journey I have followed for many years. He is an award-winning photographer with Photo District News magazine, naming him one of the top 30 most influential photographers of the past decade. He has worked with brands including Apple, Starbucks, and Nike, has been a director and producer on commercials, short films, and music videos. He is also a celebrated keynote speaker around the world and in 2010 created one of the world's fastest growing online education companies. I cannot wait to share that episode with you all and I'm sure you can already guess who it is, but I'll try to keep the suspense. Now, if you haven't already, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a quick review on iTunes. It doesn't have to be long, but I love reading your thoughts on the episodes that have been released so far. If you head to giant thinkers.com slash podcast review it's a uh, short link to get you there lastly a reminder to check out pro camera it's your portable photo video and editing studio with state-of-the-art technology all in one app 800 four and a half out of five star reviews can't be wrong I used it once mid last year and it is still my staple photo taking app. Head to giantthinkers.com slash pro camera. All right, guys, it's time to say goodbye for now. And as Chris reminds us, you can't put a dollar amount on experience. So remember that on your creative or entrepreneurial journey, every single experience is an opportunity for growth and learning. Take care and I'll catch you on the next episode. 